your trusted source for local breaking news and what to make of it all. It's Tracy Mack on Newcastle in the Morning. Welcome back to the program. It's 23 past 11 here on Newcastle Live. It's 18 degrees outside and raining. It's a little bit chilly. You can keep your winter woolies out for a little while, but make sure you throw them back away for the long weekend. Stuart Bonds has nominated once again for the seat of Hunter, this time as an independent. But there will be no Joel Fitzgibbon this time around. Mr Bonds gained national attention at the May 2019 federal election when he ran third to sitting member Joel Fitzgibbon. But the interesting part of that was that he gathered 23,942 votes or 23.47% of the electorate. Mr Fitzgibbon obviously retained his seat with a 52 to 48% two-candidate preferred vote. But certainly Mr Bonds attracted a considerable blue-collar vote and he joins me now on the line. Good morning and welcome, Stuart. Good morning, Tracy. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Why are you going again? Um, it's moments like this where I ask myself the same <laughs> question. <laughs> I, uh, I guess I just don't want to, I didn't want to die, die wondering and, and I, I had a message last time that obviously resonated with the people of the hunter and we really put the seat that's uh, been considered one of the safest seats in Australia back on the map as, as a tightly contested marginal seat and that's where the money's spent and that's the whole idea so we're we're definitely in the hunt for this one. Now, obviously, this time around, you're going as an independent, not uh, with the One Nation ticket. Do you think that'll make a big difference? Oh, look, yeah, it's going to make some sort of a difference. I don't know to which way um, things are going to go. I don't know how much of the the thing was my uh, personal brand or the party brand. I mean, it's always things like people like to think they uh, have a lot more influence than they do on mm. these things. So I'm always obviously going to be biased towards myself. Of course. But uh, that's what the election day is there for, to uh, sort all that stuff out. Now, obviously, uh, you work in the coal industry. Uh, you've very kindly taken your break now to uh, to chat f- with me. Um, obviously, you know the hunter is at a, a real precipice of where we're going and uh, and where we're going to go with this uh, climate change, with the new energy, with our power stations closing down. What's your feeling on the coal industry? Look, I think the coal industry has a he- a healthy export future, uh, as long as the politicians don't don't kill it off early. I mean, if you Look at the price uh, demand uh, structure of the market. The price has never been higher. Therefore, that means the demand globally has never been higher for the product. So I think that we've got a, a good future, but we've got to remember this net zero policy is a lot more than just coal. It's the type of fuel for your cars, the type of cars you can buy, the type of food that you can eat. Uh, it's very interventionist type politics and it goes way beyond just coal. Do you think that uh, obviously we do have an environmental issue? Do you see the day where we will be, be winding back coal? Yeah, and you can see it's already happening. I mean, we are living through it at the moment. There is, there, it, is, it is a slow transition, but it's always going to be a slow transition with this sort of thing. You, coal is such a dominant force in the economy uh, it's going to take us a little while to wean ourselves off it. If we, you see what happens when a, a switch goes off, like something that happened over in the, the Ukraine with Russia, and the detrimental effects that that's had on the global economy. Now you times that by about a thousand, and that's what you're going to have if mm. we just switch coal off overnight. So 
sometimes the uh, the cure can be worse than the disease. Yeah, it's certainly going to be an, an interesting time. What are you going to be um, campaigning on this time around? Look, I, want, I, I don't think we should have uh, any further restrictions on, on coal mining that, you know, like that are being suggested by the Greens as to no, no expansions or no, um, no changes or alterations. Sometimes the alterations for these mines are not about getting, um, getting coal out of the ground. It's about giving land back to the community and to the council. So things like that are just, they're out of touch. Uh, we, need to, we need to protect the coal industry while the country still want the coal from overseas because uh, it's some of the finest coal in the world. And so why we're getting rid of the finest coal first, uh, it's, it, it's, it seems a bit ridiculous to me. You should have the best quality stuff on the market. And I also have a real problem with what's going on with these with these mandates around that sort of thing. So I think we've overreacted a little bit here with COVID. I think we need to have a good hard look at what we've done and the damage that we've done with this. And I don't think we've seen the back end of the economic damage from the COVID policies yet. So I would support a bit more of a open investigation uh, into the effects of it. Surely, though, we've, uh, it's been proven that we've saved many tens of thousands of lives by doing what we've done. It has uh, it certainly helped, but uh, obviously you're more concerned about the environmental, uh, the, um, the economic impact of, of what's been done. Yeah, so I think you know, it's hard to get a like-for-like comparison because all countries have uh, done slightly different things. Uh, and so, you know, the, the number of tens of thousands of lives quite subjective we may have delay, delayed the, uh, the steepness of the, the, this curve, but this is all the things that we need to do an investigation mm. for because the long-term economic consequences could be extremely detrimental. I mean, have a look at what, you, what we've done to house prices. I mean, imagine you're a university kid that's just about to go and get a job and house prices have gone up 40%. Well, you're going to have to work what could be another five or six years of your life to pay to get into a house you know so we're we've shuffled the responsibility of COVID economically onto the next generation of people and I don't think that that's fair that they bear that burden. Oh, look, the, the housing affordability issue, the rent affordability issue, the crisis that's going on in housing across Australia, something's got to be done and it's got to be done from a federal level and done pretty damn quick. Yeah, I 100% agree. But, I mean, you, you have these economic pressures that come from COVID where we've mm. shut everything down and we kept paying people money and people kept spending the money and they purchased all the goods and services that we had and we weren't producing anything. So, obviously, we've dwindled our supplies and then we've had a war in Russia and Ukraine and that's even put even further restraints on it. So, there's a lot of government policy, bad decision-making has gone into this, um, and this is why we need to have a better look at it. I think there needs to be a Royal Commission. That, that goes without saying. Now, Stuart, if I wanted to go onto Facebook and, uh, and find out all about you, I can't at the moment, can I? What's happened? No, so I've been black banned from oh. what I can, what I can God, see. God, well so done. I, I, yeah, so, and I've actually not just... Uh, uh, use your standard ban where you get your 30 days um, banned for posting something that you, you shouldn't have, which I haven't had any of those bans, but I get told by a lot of people that they've had bans. Mm. Um, I'm, I've actually got a legal 
ban, which is a request that's made by a government or a court legal representative to have the page pulled down for illegal activity uh, inside of a certain region, and that region is Australia. So if you're outside of the country, you can view my Stuart Bonds for Hunter page. If you're inside the boundary of Australia, you can't legally view it. Have you had any communication? Have you had a, a letter to say, hey, this is what's been done, please advise? Have you had any recourse or absolutely nothing? No, nothing at all. And which is the odd thing because the discussion that I've just had with you here is basically what's on my Facebook page. There's nothing outlandish, outrageous there. I've had no real, no warnings or like posts pulled down for you know, explicit content or, or spreading fake news or whatever they would call it. Not, no, never been had a ban for breaking terms of service or anything. Um, my page is pretty uh, cookie cutter, mm. I guess, compared to some of the pages out there because I always thought that this was an option that might come down the line. So I've kept my page pretty clean. Mm. Um, and to me, this just looks like it's political interference and those results that you talked about before... Um, you know, getting 23,000 votes, you know, I think we're told that, you know, we have free and fair elections and everybody's welcome to join in. And that's fine as long as you don't do well. Mm. If you do well and you become a threat to the political establishment, then that's not welcome. <laughs> you know, we don't want that. So obviously, I mean, it was pulled down on April 4, um, you doing your backgrounds, you, you found out that it came down on April 4. It's very interesting timing, isn't it? Obviously, um, you're thinking dirty politics? Yeah, 100%. Well, I, I only announced probably, it wouldn't even be a week before that, I guess, where I made a video that said people have been asking what I'm going to do and I'm looking at running as an independent, yet to get the paperwork together. Um, and in that process, my... You know, interactions on my page, which were tens of thousands mm. of um, went to absolutely zero. And that was when we started digging and investigating and only to find out I've actually been black banned. So has anyone from Facebook given you an explanation? Is there any recourse to you or you've just got to start with a brand new Facebook page? No. So this, to two things with that. I can't start a brand new Facebook page because I am the page so the, you, it is my digital representation of myself so it is a ban on me being opening up another public page so if i open up another public page for the same thing or any other purpose it's called ban evasion and so then that ban evasion i will be prevented from using any of facebook's uh, products um because i'm i'm going around their band they've told me i can't do it i've gone around it and so my personal page or my history, Facebook history, family photos will be gone to me. And so, um, yeah, there's that problem. <laughs> so I can't, yeah, so, yeah, I, so I've been, I have been removed from the public square and been prevented from speaking and there is no recourse. So with this thing, it's different to a normal ban where if I report you, mm. then, um, the algorithm does its thing, and then you can appeal to a judiciary and say, I think this is unfair. Yeah. You can't do this on this behalf because this is a government or a court or something contacting Facebook's legal team and saying we need this person removed. The legal team assesses it, then they remove them. So if they have made that decision, what's There's the no point of 
talking to them again. You know, they've already made the decision. That is really disturbing. You know, as you say, we're talking about free speech and free elections, and yet some faceless person can go and do a legal challenge on your page, and there is no recourse whatsoever. You cannot go and do anything about it. That stinks. Yeah, and it really goes to the heart of the conversation as to are we really selecting our representatives or are they selected mm. for us? You know, that, that yeah, you, you, you can vote, that's fine, but you're only going to get to hear from this person, this person, this person, and all of their views must fit within this confined box and you can select those people, you know, and I, and I find it quite disturbing. And, mm. and another big problem with it is is that if there's a terrible person out there running for politics, I want to know before I vote for them mm. that they're not a good person, right? And if you prevent them from speaking their mind, you are not going to see that until you go, <laughs> until they get on the floor yeah. of Parliament and you go, hang on a second, I didn't know this guy was a Nazi, yeah. right? Because he didn't say that during the campaign because he couldn't, you know? Um, it's really concerning few issues with this Mm, yeah it is that's why we have political for speech and freedom for political candidates and that to talk uh openly and discuss ideas you know and this whole thing about maybe you discussed something that's illegal in the country well i do i do support euthanasia and Mm. i do support um right to use medical marijuana for for pain-killing purposes and all that stuff so how can we talk about bringing some ideas to the floor of things that are illegal that we need to change the law around, right? We have to be able to discuss these things. We have to. It, it really is concerning. And, uh, yeah, I'd love, to, uh, I'd love to follow up on it and find out uh, exactly. I'm sure I'm not the only media organisation uh, asking questions of, uh, of Facebook and uh, their parent company, Meta, at the moment because uh, this is just – it's not acceptable in this current day and age. And just for the facelessness, that's, uh, that's my big concern, the fact that somebody can just make a legal challenge. You have no recourse. You're not even told that this challenge is going on. It goes against all of our, uh, our justice system. Yeah, 100%. And that, Maddie, that's the, I don't want anybody, you know, I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of, say, the, the Greens policies, and there's no way in the world that I wouldn't want them to be able to have a seat at the table to explain uh, where they sit on certain things. I mean, that's, what, that's all part of the democratic process. And once, you know, the big concerning part is how long is it till one, one major party starts shutting down the other major party? And the thing is, once that starts happening, it's too late to do anything. You know, we need to address this problem and needs to be addressed quickly and swiftly uh, and find out what's going on. I'd like to see why they banned me. Mm. You know, I may have said something that was out of line, but I can't think of what that is. And without an example, I can't. You know, and there's no one to ask because there's no recourse. No, they sit, they, they're the faceless people that sit behind Meta. Look, mate, thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. Best of luck in the coming few weeks. Um, no doubt we will be speaking again uh, again soon as we get closer and closer to the election. You are nuts going again, but best of luck. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks. I'll chat with you soon. Okay. Thanks, bye. Stuart. Bye. That is Stuart Bonds, who is standing for the uh, federal seat of Hunter in the upcoming election. And I think questions really do need to be asked about Facebook and uh, why he has been banned. 
and uh, what the story is behind that because that's uh, that's a quite a strange one. It's very very weird. The fact that he has no recourse, that it is uh, it's legal, and he just cannot do anything about it. I'd love to know who reported him. Not sure about you, but I'd love to know. Newcastle in the morning takes you through the big events and the most talked about stories of the day that matter to you and your life. From what's on to what matters, Tracy Mack takes you beyond the headlines. What it is, why it matters and how it impacts your daily life. Tracy Mack brings you Newcastle in the morning, weekdays from nine on Newcastle Live.